Chapter 3. I'll just hang out here for a while. After Warbler left, panic coursed through Eckert's static stoniness. It turns out stones can think, or rather perhaps proto-thoughts would be a better description. While the stone in the wall couldn't conceive any human words, he could still experience sensations, anxieties and desires, even without being able to articulate them. While he could still see, smell and hear everything that happened within view of his wall, his inability to scream was unsettling, to say the very least. For a while, absolutely nothing changed in the room, which was terrifying. It was an odd type of cognitive dissonance, panic fueled by stillness and silence. As the hours wore on, the feelings of terror began to be supplanted by mere apprehensiveness around truly understanding the phrase, bored to death. Warbler was right. He did eventually hear passerby in the hall shouting, Asio, Professor Engert! All the spell did, though, was make it feel like someone was pulling on his belly button. Or was it his tail? Without budging the stone. There were occasional distant mumblings of students that penetrated the silence, but those were the exception. After that initial search party, a very long time passed, during which Eckert neither saw, heard, nor smelled any beings, beasts, muggles, nor nifflers. This iteration of the Chamber of Compulsion had no windows or clocks or any other ways to monitor the passage of time. Thus, he had not much else to do other than ponder as to Warbler's motivation and meaning, wondering if there was a method to her madness. It was hard to work out, hard to accept, how many years would he be entombed in this chamber? What would happen once he was freed? Who is the girl in need of saving? His mind chewed away on these topics in the endless stillness, when suddenly, whoosh! Before his eyes, the hay began to disintegrate into atomized filigree. The floors and walls undulating and morphing, pulling, pushing, pulsating, until everything settled into a new configuration. The spectral ephemera that was once the hay manifested itself into all new adornments. The chamber was now resplendent with bureaus and chests, dresses and cabinets. Eckert could see false drawers being installed in the walls and trick voids being fitted in the ceiling. Nearby, alongside the wall, a shallow basin materialised, emblazoned with runes and fitted with precious stones. Eckert felt it all over, as if he'd just travelled via apparition or flew. The entire sequence of events took but a heartbeat. His tummy contorted as the door swung open and two winded witches wormed their way in. Huh? What is this place? inquired one witch. The other responded, I have no idea. I was just running and thinking that what we really need is to get rid of this thing and forget about the stupid gift idea or we're going to get sent to the headmaster. And then, poof, there was a door in the corridor I'd never seen before. Both girls wore Hufflepuff robes. They both looked very frantic. One clutched a shiny circular object in her hand. While listening to her friend, the first witch slowly raised her eyebrows in apparent understanding. Ah, yes. Excellent. Then this should suit our needs perfectly. She explored the room and inspected all the nooks and crannies. Most of the hiding places were full of costume jewellery and the like. After a bit of inspection, she settled on a spot and thrust the diadem deep into a pile of other sparkly crowns. Hopefully, once the suspicion settles, Helena can find it here. 
smiling as she rejoined her friend in the chamber's entryway. She noticed the basin and a thought began to form. While she'd never seen the intricate basin before, she had a premonition for how it might be used. Oh, Henrietta, look! Do you know what I was thinking as we were running down that hallway? I was thinking how what we really need is just to forget this whole thing ever happened. I must say, just what were we thinking? That we could borrow her crown and imbue it with warding charms and then give it back to her as a gift. What a foolish idea. Of course she would treat our borrowing as theft. She doesn't know it was us yet, but she looks like she's going to kill whomever took it from her. I really just wanted to befriend my first Ravenclaw, but this was just such a dumb idea. What I was thinking was that we really need to forget that this whole thing ever even happened. And I think that's what this is for, she said unknowingly gesturing to the castle pensive. At that moment, both girls closed their eyes. Some preternatural understanding flowed through them as they hoisted their wands to their temples. White wisps whirled around their wands as they pointed them to the basin, where the mists merged into a fuzzy memory milk. Keeping their eyes closed, they exited the room, having forgotten that this whole thing ever happened. This first vignette Eckert remembered the longest. Each time the same beginning, a whirling vortex of wonder and whimsy accompanied by visitors and excitement, followed by a long period of mind-rending stillness. The number of entrants varied wildly from solo visitors to groups numbering in the dozens. Regardless, while many were one-time only visitors, some were not. Thus, the room had regulars, regular visitors, regular reasons for needing the room, regular themes in the decoration and feng shui. Above all others, one object threaded this tapestry of time with the most regularity. The pensive. Wizards would come to forget. Yes, that was true. However, typically a wizard would simply use obliviate to forget something. Remembering things, though, requires a whole different sort of magic. Many a time throughout the centuries, some noble witch or wizard would find themselves in the chamber with Eckert and the pensive. Spellbound, he watched them plunge their faces into the murky liquid, looking sad and come out with tears of understanding in their eyes, tears of nostalgia, tears of joy. As the centuries wore on, Eckert became more and more excited each time visits involved the pensive. For centuries of stillness had milled his mind to mush. He no longer remembered any of the before times. What he knew of people and wizardry, he knew from what he observed from his post. After 700 years, he completely lost any memory of being a human, unless the visitor was using the pensive. It appeared to Professor Engert that his proximity to the pensive had an excitatory effect on his memory sense. As soon as the visitors would leave, awash in relief and memory residue, Eckert would long with all of his stony heart to be like them, to remember. Oh, what he wouldn't give to plunge face first into that milky manner, that porcelain panacea. To remember. To remember. Gah! To remember. To remember.